We continue with the explanation of the 40 hadith of Al-Imam Al-Nawawi Rahimahullah. We arrive to Al-Hadith Al-Ashr, the 10th hadith. عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الله تعالى طيب لا يقبل إلا طيبا وإن الله أمر المؤمنين بما أمر به المرسلين فقال تعالى يا أيها الرسول كلوا من الطيبات واعملوا صالحا وقال تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا كلوا من طيبات ما رزقناكم ثم ذكر الرجل يطيل السفر أشعث أكبر يمض يديه إلى السماء يا رب يا رب ومطعمه حرام ومشربه حرام وملبسه حرام وغذي بالحرام فأنا يستجاب لذلك رواه مسلم This narration is on the authority of Abi Hurairah radiyallahu an where he mentioned that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam stated Indeed Allah is good And He only accepts that which is good And indeed Allah He has commanded the believers With that which He commanded the messengers with Allah the Most High He states O messengers Eat from the good and do that which is good. And Allah Ta'ala, He also stated, O you who believe, eat from the good of that which we have provided you with. And then He mentioned the man who was on a long journey. His hair was disheveled, his clothes were not clean. And he stretches forth his hands to the heavens and he says, Oh my Lord, oh my Lord. And you're making dua. وَمَطَعَمُهُ haram. While at the same time his food is haram. وَمَشْرَبُهُ haram. And his drink is haram. وَمَلْبَسُهُ haram. And his clothing is haram. And he is nourished by way of the haram. So how can he be answered for that? This narration, barakallah fikum, is one of great importance. As we have here, a description of our Lord Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is inna Allah ta'ala tayyib indeed Allah the most high he is tayyib he is good the scholars they mention a tayyib min asma'illah a tayyib it is from the names of Allah Because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said here Indeed Allah is Tayyib So this is from the names and the attributes of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala And what is intended by Allah is Tayyib yani Allah is free from Al-Naqais Wal-Uyub 
ان الله منزه عن النقائص والعيوب that Allah he is free from shortcomings and deficiencies everything about Allah is good there's nothing evil about Allah and as the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he mentioned in one of his du'as وَالشَّرْ لَا يُنْسَبْ إِلَيْكَ and evil is not attributed to you so evil is not to be attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is tayyib And it is a must that we believe that Allah is good. And it is a must that we reject any characteristic of deficiency, characteristic of shortcoming from Allah Azza wa Jal. We describe Allah with that which Allah described himself with and we describe Allah with that which the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam described Allah with and this is the creed of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah Nasifullah bima wasafa bihi nafsa wa bima wasafa bihi nabiyu That we describe Allah by that which He described Himself with, and we describe Allah by that which His Prophet described Him with. Every name of Allah entails an attribute, but not every attribute is a name. Every name of Allah entails an attribute. As an example, Allah is Al-Alim. Allah is the All-Knowing. It entails the attribute of ilm, of knowledge. Allah is Ar-Rahman. Allah is the Most Merciful. It entails the attribute of Ar-Rahman. Allah Azza wa Jal, He is Al-Basir. The All-Seeing, it entails the attribute of Al-Basr. But then Allah Azza wa Jal has described himself with matters as well as the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam described Allah with matters but they are not names. As an example Allah describes himself as being Dhul-Tiqam, the one who extracts retribution. But that's not a name, that's an attribute. It's not a name, it's an attribute. So as it relates to the attributes of Allah, the door is, or the bab is vast, more vast than that of the names. And the Prophet Sallallahu he mentioned, لِلَّهِ تِسَّوَتِسْعِينِ اسْمًا مَنْ نَحْصَاهَا دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةُ كَمَا قَالَ Sallallahu That Allah, he has 99 names, whoever memorizes them, he will enter into paradise. And what's intended by memorizing the names of Allah, meaning the person memorizes the names and he lives in accordance to what the name entails. As an example, he memorized the name As-Sami'ah, that Allah is the all-hearing. He has the characteristic of a sama' of hearing. So he's careful as it relates to what he says out of his mouth. Because he knows Allah hears what he says. He memorized the name Al-Basir. Allah is the all-seeing. So Allah has the characteristic of Al-Basr. So he's careful as it relates to what he do because he knows Allah sees him. Allah Azza wa Jal is Ar-Raqib. Inna Allah kana alaykum raqiba. Indeed Allah is the ever watcher over you. So he knows Allah is always watching. 
So he behaves in a manner that is befitting and appropriate because he knows that Allah sees him and is watching him at all times. So this is how the believer interacts with the asma of Allah and the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. La yaqbalu illa tayyiba. Allah, He only accepts that which is good. Some have understood this statement of the Prophet to be restricted to the matter of sadaqah, giving charity. That Allah, He only accepts that which is good from the charity. And what is correct is that it is sadaqah and other than sadaqah. Allah only accepts that which is good. This is not restricted to sadaqah. بَلْ هُوَ عَامْ فِي جَمِيعِ الطَّيِّبَاتِ Rather, it is general as it relates to all of the good matters. So Allah as an example, He only accepts that which is good as it relates to the aqidah. If your aqidah is not good, Allah doesn't accept it. And how can a person's aqidah be good? If his aqidah, if his belief comes from the Qur'an and the Sunnah and the way of the Sahaba. Tayyib. Now his mu'ataqid, his aqidah is tayyib. Allah accepts it. Likewise the ibadah from the salah, from the pain of the zakat, the siyam, making hajj. And other than that from the acts of ibadah. If it is not done in a good way. Allah doesn't accept it. And how can one's ibadah be done in a good way? Number one, bil ikhlas, with insincerity. And number two, bil ittiba'ah, or al mutaba'ah. In order for a person's ibadah to be accepted by Allah, the person has to fulfill two conditions. The first condition is that the ibadah is done for Allah's sake. And secondly, the ibadah is done in the manner that the Prophet taught us to perform the ibadah. A person is not allowed to worship Allah any way he wants to worship. And if a person is worshiping Allah or performing an act of worship of Allah correctly, but his intentions are not sincere, Allah doesn't accept. And the proof of that is the statement of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam مَنْ عَمِلَ عَمَلًا لَيْسَ عَلَيْهِ أَمْرُنَا فَهُوَ رَدْ مَنْ عَمِلَ عَمَلًا لَيْسَ عَلَيْهِ أَمْرُنَا فَهُوَ رَدْ Whoever does an action that does not have our affair over it, governing it, meaning Islam has not sanctioned this action, is rejected. And as for not having sincerity, then the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He mentioned in Al-Hadith Al-Qudsi That Allah said Oh, Afwan uh, Naam In Al-Hadith Al-Qudsi That Allah said Ana agana shuraka'i ana shirk Faman amila amalan ashraka Fihi ma'i ghayri taraktuhu wa shirka The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Mentioned that Allah said And this is Al-Hadith Al-Qudsi Or as some ulama prefer al-hadith al-ilahi that Allah he stated what means I'm the most independent I'm the most independent and having partners associated meaning Allah he's not in need of no partners and out of all who have partners Allah is the most independent and not in need of those partners therefore whoever does an action in which he makes for me a partner in that act of worship, I abandon him and I abandon his shirk. So if the person is not sincere, it's rejected. Because it's not tayyib. It's not tayyib. You do an act of ibadah for other than Allah, to be praised by the people, or to attain something from the dunya, this is not tayyib. Or if you do an act Or you want to do an act of worship for Allah But you're doing something that Allah didn't legislate This is not tayyib It's rejected So when it comes to 
these two matters, the people are divided into four categories. Number one, those who perform the acts of worship sincerely and correctly. Allah, he accepts from them. Number two, those who perform the acts sincerely but incorrectly. Allah doesn't accept from them. Number three, those who perform the acts correctly but there is no sincerity. Allah doesn't accept from them either. In the last group, those who do not have sincerity nor are they correct in how they perform the act, Allah doesn't accept from them either. So only one group of people Allah accepts from those who perform the acts of worship sincerely and correctly. And these individuals are those who have taqwa. As Allah mentions, Indeed, Allah He only accepts from the people who have taqwa. He only accepts their deeds. And that is that the deed is done with sincerity and the deed is done correctly following the teachings of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Allah Azza wa Jal He mentions إِلَيْهِ يَسْعَدُ الْكَلِمُ الطَّيِّبُ وَالْعَمَلُ الصَّالِحِ يَرُفَعُهُ The good word and the righteous action ascends up to Allah and Allah He raises it up. So we see here that Allah only raises up the good word الْكَلِمُ الطَّيِّبُ and الْعَمَلُ الصَّالِحِ Allah only raises up the good word and the righteous action. So if the word is not good, Allah doesn't raise it up, Allah doesn't accept it. Likewise, if the act is not righteous, Allah doesn't accept it. And from the good words, rather the best of the words, as the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, The most beloved statement to Allah, four. Four statements Subhanallah Alhamdulillah La ilaha illallah Allahu Akbar And it doesn't matter which, With which one you begin You can say it in any way You can say Allahu Akbar Subhanallah La ilaha illallah You can say it any way you want to say it As long as you say those four words These are the most beloved of the words To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Another uh, Statement or words that are from the good words the statement of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the hadith which is the last hadith in Sahih Al-Bukhari Kalimatan Khafifatan Ala Al-Lisan Habibatan Ila Al-Rahman Thaqilatan Fil-Mizan Subhanallah wa bihamdi Subhanallah Al-Azim there are two words that are light upon the tongue. Beloved to Ar-Rahman and heavy on the scales. Subhanallah wa bihamdi, subhanallah al-Azim. Very easy to say, but very heavy on the scales of good deeds. So this is from the examples of good words. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he constantly would be in a state of remembering Allah saying words of goodness as Aisha radiallahu anha described him كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يذكر الله على كل أحيانه that the Messenger وسلم, he used to remember Allah in all of his situations. Just look in the books of Hadith, or more specifically, the books of Dua, like Husnul Muslim, or Fiqh Dua, or Al Athkar, the books of Athkar. Look in those books, the, the authentic books of Athkar. Not the made-up afkar. We have some people say, say this ten times and then 
mention this another five times and then this is going to happen and there's no hadith connected to it not those type of books the books that mentioned the messenger sallallahu he used to say in the morning Bukhari, those type of books where we can trace where the hadith comes from but as for those books of athqar where they are made of athqar and there's no isnad there's no reference to where the hadith comes from do not take from those books but when you look at the books of Athkar, you'll see the dhikr to make when you wake up in the morning. The dhikr to make when you go to the bathroom. The dhikr to make when making wudu. The dhikr to make when leaving your home. Or the dhikr to make when putting your clothes on. Dhikr to make when walking in the marketplace. The dhikr to make if you see someone who has been afflicted with a calamity. Right? Athkar, Athkar. The dhikr to make when you are returning home before you enter into your house. The dhikr to make before you go to bed at night. The dhikr to make before a man has, he's intimate with his family. Everything. Everything you can think of in the life of the Muslim, Alhamdulillah, there's athqar, there's dhikr. And these are the good kalimat, these are the good words. Alhamdulillah, this is an indication that the believer should constantly be in the state of remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also, The scholars they mention When it comes to Allah accepting One's action Then there are three meanings Of Qubul or acceptance Number one Qubul al-amal Ma'arrida Wa madhi fa'ilihi the first category of acceptance is that Allah He accepts the actions while being pleased with the person and praising the person who did the act of goodness. Mentioning the individual in a good manner amongst the angels and bragging about the person. This is like the highest level of acceptance. That Allah accepts the deed and He's pleased with the person and He praises the person. Another one, An yurad bihi husul thawab wal ajr The second is, or what is intended, is the attainment of the reward and the person being recompensed for the act he has done. Number three, Yurad bihi sukut al-fard bihi min al-dhimma What's intended is that the obligation of the act is re- is, has been fulfilled He has carried out that which is upon him to carry out But he may not have a reward Like in what case? When a person uses intoxicants Whoever drinks or consumes intoxicants, his salat is not accepted for 40 days. What's intended by his salat is not accepted, meaning he's not rewarded for it. But when he performs it, the obligation is removed from him. It's accepted from the aspect of he fulfilled the obligation. But it's not accepted from the aspect of he doesn't get a reward for it, but he still has to pray. Showing the dangers of consuming intoxicants. The salat is not accepted. Or, man atta kahinan, fasa'alahu lam tukbal lahu salat arba'ina yawman, o kama qala sallallahu Whoever goes to a soothsayer, like a, a fortune teller, and asks the fortune teller something, 
the person's prayer is not accepted for 40 days. But he still has to make salat. When he makes it, the obligation is removed from him. He fulfilled his, his duty, but there's no reward for it. So Allah accepts that he fulfilled the duty, but Allah doesn't reward him for it. That's the punishment for consuming intoxicants or going to a soothsayer. And the scholars, they connect to that reading of horoscopes. Be careful. Reading horoscopes. Don't read the horoscopes. Don't go to the soothsayers. Don't ask them anything. Don't read their words. And definitely do not believe in what they say. Because if you believe what they say, then you have left the fold of Islam. Because now you're believing that someone knows the unseen other than Allah. And only Allah knows the unseen. لا يقبل إلا طيبة. Allah He only accepts that which is good. So the understanding is whatever is khabith, whatever is haram, Allah doesn't accept it. And that which is khabith or haram, it is rejected by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So for this, it is not allowed. To have haram earnings. It is not allowed to eat haram food. It is not allowed to give haram gifts. It is not allowed to pay zakat from haram money or to give sadaqah with haram money. Allah doesn't accept these things because they are not good. The scholars they mention. If a person has stolen some money, taken someone's money, then it is obligatory upon him to return that money back. If he knows who the person is, and if he tries to do good with that money, Allah is not going to accept it. Look what the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said. Inna Allah la yaqbalu salata bi ghayri tuhur wa la sadaqa min ghulul. That indeed Allah he does not accept a prayer without purification and he doesn't accept sadaqa that was given for money that was stolen from the spoils of war. It's not tayyib. If a person steals from the spoils of war and then he gives sadaqah with it, that money is haram for him. It's not tayyib. Allah doesn't accept it. And likewise, if a person prays intentionally without wudu, and he has the ability to make wudu, that salat is not accepted. And even if he prays unintentionally without wudu, the salat is not accepted. Except that the first one he gets a sin for praying the salat intentionally without wudu, without any justification. As for the second one who did it unintentionally, the salat is not accepted, and when he remembers, he has to go back and pray the salat over. Likewise, the first. Because the prayer was prayed without purification. And this is, if you re- even if you remember years later, if you remember years later that you prayed a prayer without wudu, you gotta pray that prayer over. From the obligatory prayers, that is. Because Allah is tayyib and He only accepts that which is tayyib. Or if an individual takes money, but he does not know who the owner of the money is, then he has to have the intention to return the money when he knows. And if he does not find out who the owner is or he finds out who the owner is and he's not able to give the money to the owner because the owner has passed away then he gives the money to the inheritors of of the person and if he does not know who the person is or the inheritors then he gives that money 
and sadaqah in the name of the person who owns the money. In the name of the person who owns the money. You give sadaqah in, in that person's name. And if you find out later on, you happen to come across the person. There's a choice, the scholars say. You can, the person he chooses, you can give him his money back, or he can accept that the money was given and sadaqah. The person says, no, I want my money. You have to give the money back. Khalas. Or if a person has come across haram wealth from like a transaction of riba, and the one who gave it was okay with the contract, and that, that, that extra has to be given back. And the scholars, they say one of the, or the most famous category of riba is an agreement to give more upon a loan. An agreement to give more upon a loan. Any agreement to give more upon a loan is riba. It's interest. As for a person borrowing money and then when he pays it back he gives more than what he borrowed from the kindness of his heart from his own free will, and this was not something that was previously agreed upon, this is allowed. And this is from good mannerisms. As the Prophet wasallam, he had borrowed money, and a man came to the Prophet wasallam and grabbed him by his garment. So, O Muhammad, give me what you owe me. And the Prophet wasallam gave him more than what he owed. But it wasn't something that was previously agreed upon. So in this case, this was good mannerisms from the Prophet Wasallam that he gave more than what he owned. In that case, that's not riba. But if there was a pre-existing agreement to give more, that's where the riba is. But in any event, the person has loaned wealth and there's an agreement the person has to pay you back more than what you gave, leave off the extra and only take what you gave. Leave off the extra and only take, if the person gave you the extra, then give it back. Because that extra wealth is not tayyib. It's khabir, it's evil. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned in the meaning of the hadith is that riba is like 70 something like branches or bab, abwab. But the, the, the least of them is like a man having relations with his mother in the public. And we know that if we was to see something like that, everyone would disdain that and say this is an evil act. That a man is having an intimate relation with his mother in the street. This is the lowest type of riba, is on that level. Riba is, is a serious matter. And one should not take it lightly because we live in America. Allah owns America. Yes or no? Yes. I'll tell you. Allah is Rabbul Alameen. There's no land or place on the face of this earth that doesn't belong to Allah. So why do some feel comfortable that, oh, I'm in America, then, you know, I can indulge in riba. Regardless of what the rules and regulations of the government are, you still have a duty and responsibility to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. As the Prophet, sallallahu mentioned to Mu'ad ibn Jabal when he sent him to Yemen, Fear Allah wherever you are. The Prophet didn't tell him, just fear Allah when you're in Medina, or fear Allah when you're in Mecca. Fear Allah wherever you are. So now whether you are in the land of the Muslims or in the land of the non-Muslims, whether the government rules by the Sharia or it doesn't rule by the Sharia, you still have an obligation to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You cannot make up the excuse, well I'm in America. So you know we do as the Americans do. This is not our way. Our methodology is like the Sahaba, Sami'na wa ata'na. We hear and we obey. Unless a person feels comfortable 
falling into a sin that's similar to a man having relations with his mother in public. Also, the scholars, they mention, if a person happened to come across haram money, and it wasn't by his choice, then take that money and get rid of it by like using it for the benefit for the Muslims. Don't build a masjid with it, but let's say there's toilets that needs to be fixed for that, or the road needs to be fixed, or a building needs to be built for the poor, a homeless shelter, like that. Like that. The, per the point is get rid of it, don't keep it. Don't keep the money. The next matter, in Allah Amar al Mu'mineen Bima Amara Bihil Murusaleen. Indeed Allah commanded or commands the believers with that which He commands the messengers with. The scholars they say in this statement it establishes that the commandments of Allah are for everyone. No one is exempt. The commandments for Allah are for everyone. No one is free from worshipping Allah. Everyone has to worship Allah. As Allah mentions, And I have not created the jinn or mankind except to worship me. This is the purpose of our creation, to worship Allah. No one is exempt. As for those who say, that once a person reaches a certain level of knowledge, he doesn't have to worship Allah anymore, then this is disbelief, this is kufr. This is heresy in the religion. How the Prophet was the best of mankind, and he worshiped Allah until his death. And then now someone is gonna come after and says once he reaches a certain level of knowledge, or once a person reaches a certain level of knowledge, they don't have to worship Allah anymore. So what happened with the Prophet? He didn't reach that level? So there is someone that's better than Prophet Muhammad These statements are statements of evil And they use as a proof the statement of Allah And worship your Lord until the certainty comes to you Worship Allah until certainty meaning until death comes to you not until you reach a certain level of knowledge Okay, no more salat, no more siyam Because, mashallah, you have reached the, the level You know why they say that they don't have to worship Allah anymore? Once they, once they reach that level, what that level is? Anyone? That level of knowledge is that, the person has, that, that the person has reached Is that the person has become one with Allah now Meaning the person is Allah now. So once the person reaches that realization that he is Allah and Allah is he, he doesn't have to worship no more. And you have from them who made statements like The Lord is the dog and the dog is the Lord and there's no difference between them because Allah is everything and everything is Allah. These are statements of disbelief. The Prophet ﷺ was the best of mankind. And even in his last days, the people brought him out so that he can pray the Salat. There was never a time when the Prophet ﷺ stopped worshipping Allah. And if anyone was going to reach a, a high level, then the Prophet would have reached that level. And of course, the Prophet ﷺ has reached the highest level of servitude, and it entails worshiping Allah Azawajal. Right? Never did the Prophet ﷺ stop worshiping Allah. Even on the deathbed, the Prophet is saying, As-Salah, As-Salah. The prayer, the prayer. Even on the deathbed, Masajid. The curse of Allah is upon the Yahud and Nasara for taking the graves of their prophets as places of worship. The Prophet is warning against worshipping him. And that worship is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So how can someone believe that there is a level in Islam that once you reach this level, you no longer have to worship Allah when the Prophet sallallahu died 
worshipping Allah and he is the Sayyid, he is the master of the children of Adam as the Prophet mentioned I'm the master of the children of Adam on the day of judgment without bragging there's no one from human beings better than Prophet Muhammad So this statement, that indeed Allah commanded the believers with that which He commanded the messengers with, this is a proof that the commandments of Allah are for everyone. Everyone has to worship Allah. And another point, the principle in the religion is that whatever Allah commanded Prophet Muhammad with وسلم, is a commandment for us. Unless there is a proof to show that the matter is specifically for Prophet Muhammad But if there is no text to show that the matter is specifically for Prophet Muhammad وسلم, then the origin is that it is for the rest of the believers. An example, Allah Azawajal mentions to Prophet Musa, to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Thumma awhayna ilayka anittabi' millata Ibrahim Hanifa wa ma kana min al-mushrikeen. Then we reveal to you, O Muhammad. Here, the Prophet Muhammad is mentioned by himself. That to follow the way of Ibrahim, who was a monotheist and he wasn't from amongst the polytheists. Although Allah mentions Prophet Muhammad singularly, it's a commandment for the Ummah. We all have to follow the way of our father, Ibrahim salam, Because Ibrahim salam is Imam Al-Hunafa. Ibrahim salam, he is the, the Imam of the Manatees. He is Abu Al-Anbiya, he is the father of the Prophets. So when Allah commanded Prophet Muhammad to follow him, it's a commandment for us. It's a commandment for us. But then there are, you have that which Allah has addressed the Prophet with that is not for everybody else. Like the Prophet being allowed to marry more than four wives. That's only for Prophet Muhammad. So nobody come and say Allah says Prophet Muhammad is an example for us He had nine so I'm going to take nine Or when Allah, Allah says marry two, three or four And two plus three is five plus four is nine Some people <laughs> In their wicked understanding That's how they, they, they added it up Instead of two or three or four No they said two plus three plus four but that's a matter specifically for Prophet Muhammad Or another matter which was uh, for the Prophet Muhammad He was allowed to marry a woman without a wali It's only for him So nobody go marry himself forth to a woman No, only Prophet Muhammad was allowed Because of his status amongst the Muslimin and there are other things uh, that was allowed for Prophet Muhammad وسلم, that was not allowed for the rest of the people. Those matters, they are for Prophet Muhammad alone. And we must not compete with him in those affairs. And as Allah mentions, that is the virtue of Allah, he gives to whomsoever he wills. The Prophet one moment. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he then mentioned two statements of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala to show that Allah has commanded the believers with that which he commanded the messengers with. And here, this teaches us a, a methodology. And what is this methodology? That whatever we say in the religion, we have to have proof. The Prophet, and for sure, without a doubt, the Prophet's statement 
and the religion are proof in itself. But him mentioning the verses, this teaches us to back up our speech with the Quran or with the Sunnah. And the Prophet his statement itself is, is a proof because his statement is revelation from Allah. The point is, but in mentioning the verses, it shows where he's coming from when he said, Allah commanded the believers with that which he commanded the messengers with. And then he mentions verses from the Quran to show what he's saying. And what he mentioned is the statement of Allah in Surah Al-Mu'minun, verse 51. O messengers, eat from that which is good and perform acts of righteousness. Then he mentioned the statement of Allah in Surah Al-Baqarah, verse number 172. O you who believe, eat from the good, from that which we have provided you with. So, what commandment is the same? To eat from the good. To eat from that which is good. Allah said that to the messengers. Eat from the good of that which we have provided you with. He said that to the believers. No, I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm speaking about the specific verses Prophet Muhammad mentioned. No. Here in the verse, Ya Ayyuhar Rusul. O messengers, eat from the good and do that which is righteous. O you who believe, eat from the good of that which we have provided you. And there are other verses where this is mentioned, eat from, the, eat from that which is halal and good. But in this narration, these are the two verses the Prophet mentioned. Clarifying what he meant by Allah has commanded or given an example of how Allah has commanded the believers with that which Allah has commanded the messengers. This is one example of many examples. One example of many examples. But the example that is given indicates the obligation of consuming that which is good. Which means it is not allowed for someone to eat anything which is bad for his health. And this statement, eat from the good, is an indication that we as Muslims must take care of our health. Don't be negligent regarding your health. The Prophet وسلم, he mentioned نِعْمَةً مَغْبُونَ فِيهِمَا كَثِيرٍ مِنَ النَّاسِ There are two blessings which many of the people they miss out on because they're negligent regarding Good health and free time These are two blessings that we Overlook. We don't take advantage of it. Good health and free time. The Prophet mentioned these two blessings from the blessings of Allah because they are important. Because when a person is healthy and strong, he's able to do things that he does not have the ability to do when he is sick and weak. You know, some people are old in age but still healthy and strong. Especially you have from amongst your brothers who when you were younger, you took good care of your body parts by using them for the worship of Allah. So when you got older, Allah preserved you. You have that. Brothers, 70 years old, 80 years old, still going to the masjid strong, five daily prayers. And, I mean, Allah, that's a ni'mah from Allah. 
upon that individual. Allah preserved him. Allah, he preserved him. And then you have from the people that when they get older, or the older they get, the weaker they get. And this is one of the interpretations. And then we return him back to being from the lowest of the low. Meaning as the person gets older, he goes back down. Like an infant needing to be cared for. And the Prophet Sallallahu he used to seek refuge with Allah from becoming senile or feeble. Because when the person when the person is in a state like this, he can't worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like when a person is in a state of strength and health. So brothers, take care of your health. This is for all of us. We must take care of our health. As they have the saying, health is wealth. Wallahi, health is wealth. You have people who are sick right now and they rich as far as money is concerned. But all the money in the world can't buy them health. And if there was a cure for their situation, but it would cost them all of their money, they would give it up just to have the health. And a person doesn't know the value of health until he gets sick. When you get sick, then you realize how valuable good health is. It's not the same. Being healthy and being sick is not the same. But from Allah's mercy, it's time. From Allah's mercy, whatever good that you used to do when you were healthy and then you get sick and you no longer can perform that good, Allah will still give you the reward for the good. Allah is merciful. But we have to be merciful to ourselves. Inshallah Ta'ala will stop at this point. Whatever is correct, the praise is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Whatever is incorrect is for myself. Subhanak Allahumma bihamdik. Shalom Allah ilaha ilaha anta staghfirullah wa